30. Oh. I said last week, last week was 29. Hey, welcome to episode 30 of Bastard Pastures. <laughs> I don't know why that. You know, I was thinking the other day, like, every good podcast I listen to, like... They have a cool I, intro. They have a cool intro where they give you, like, a table of contents of what right. they're going to discuss, and I'm okay. never going to do that. Like, I, well, I think I should. Do you guys listen to WTF with Mark Maron? Oh, I do. Because no, I'm actually going as Mark Mann for Halloween this year. There you go. I'm growing up a stash like right two now. Two people in the entire Cincinnati area will probably know who you are. Well, we're going really as his character from Glow. Oh, okay. So, so my wife will be an 80s wrestler, and I will be gotcha. him with the big mustache and the glasses. That makes more sense, yeah. <laughs> uh, but on his podcast, he like people are always asking, are you recording right now? Because he just starts it. Just starts yeah. it. Like, they walk in, and um, he's already recording. That's kind right of what we do. Uh, you made it weird. Pete Holmes yeah, will just start too. Like too, you yeah. get a lot of their uh, sort of like banter. It's because uh, I think about like I don't know how to. I think about our podcast from like a tech. I don't know how to grow our podcast. I think what we're doing is entertaining yeah. and a good listener. You know, I don't know how to. Get I like, thought of it. Yes, I mean yeah. it would be like things like with the last one when I was listening to it yesterday. I was like, okay, you know what? I should go and share it and be like, oh, this is tag Trevor Krieg. We talked about tag your brother because we talked about him. Right, right. Uh, you know, hey, we talked about this, 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 and like because there's some really weird. I was like, I actually didn't realize we talked. <laughs> About like another church in the area, we re- we really shit on Francis Chan. I don't know where that came from. I was like, man, that conversation just kind of went all around. <laughs> Which is what we do. So you just uh, tag all those people that you shit yeah, on. Right? Yeah, <laughs> listen to us complain about you. But you know, you say, Francis Chan, we have some thoughts about you. Because I like... think Michael would appreciate. You know, the conversation we had about him was funny. Um, and a couple other things. But anyway, so I think that's what you do, like that kind of stuff. But uh, everybody, every other podcast I know has a very particular ethos or a very particular thing. Yeah, that they're doing. we don't. Brad like, keeps the cinema guys rigid, yeah, like yeah. pretty rigid. It yeah. would be like he starts off, oh, well, it the best movie of the year of the stream. We'll find yeah, out yeah. and do like on what's yeah. another cinema guy that hits like the theme song and yeah, then yeah, like he's, he's we go through segments. Like a, I, we don't. I just I like. If and some, he edits out our like because <laughs> me and when Mike was there and Ashley, we'll just be like raw, 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 making voices and and I go listen. I was like, that's gonna be funny. I'm like, none of it's in there. Whenever <laughs> somebody asks me about ours, I was like, it's yeah, it's mostly insider baseball talk with pastors. It's yeah. mostly just people talking about why this is a strange job. People like it. I, I think it gives people that aren't pastors an insight into mm-hmm. like a weirdly yeah. people a, from our church a job that it. they think they have thoughts about but they don't know anything about. Right. So it's weird for that, but that's it's hard to grow as a brand. Who really cares about like seminaries? Seminaries would be the place where we take right. the podcast. That's the next step is to get us. I think it's more fun than most pastoral podcasts I listen to because I'm not trying usually to I don't want to hear what you have to say or right. your thoughts on mission or something <laughs> right, like that. What are the pastoral podcasts that you're listening to? Uh, so this theology on mission one I listen to, and uh, Richard Rohr's podcast because okay. I love him. The Bell Cast. Mm. I don't know if the I, I consider Pete Holmes slightly pastoral to some degree, yeah. um, and that's probably it. I only listen to theology on mission because they're guys and I like that I've met and I like them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, you do bad Christian? Have you ever listened to that one? I did for a while. Their country accents drive me a little crazy. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, well, uh, the other day I was just, and I was like, it sounds like you don't like hate gay people, but it sounds like you hate gay people because of the way it's up. No, I don't mind. But like, and I don't like their focus on music. Like, I don't give a crap about Christian music or like faith music or same with uh, Go Rent Skip. They're like these Christian guys who do a podcast here on movies and they have this music segment where they're always plugging some rock band that's and I'm like I don't, this is a movie podcast not a music podcast I tried to do a homebrew Christianity and there was like a half an hour introduction just do the damn interview like every time they got an yeah. interview it's a half oh, an yeah, hour yeah. And I'm like shut up man that's what I and like about Art of Manliness yeah. uh, he'll, well I always think this is gonna be long he just gets right into it which I like do you listen to that one hmm. it sounds like a douchey podcast it's yeah. the worst sounding one I saw the because, name and I was just like yeah, yeah. cause it sounds yeah. it sounds like oh is this man camp podcast or something like that but it, it actually is really it's really got good. some of that, like with some of the guests. Like, so there's going to be an over over involvement of ex military guys and yeah. leadership from a particularly military perspective gets a lot of play on Art of Manliness. But he's a good interview and he asks good questions and he's thoughtful. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I like that podcast a lot. I, I will skip I like military dudes on that. There's a they did one with this guy who was talking about the. Um, Basically, Limitless. Have you seen Limitless, Bradley Cooper? No, I mean, I know. Uh, but the, the, well, it has a name, and I can't remember what it's called. Ecstasis. The Ecstasis drug that SEAL Team 6 is using. A lot of people on Wall Street, like either the Electroshock or the drug, or it's like, it's basically um, some kind of narcotic without, well, like backed off a little bit. But it's supposed to like 
pump your brain and people and they're talking about and anyways the book this guy wrote is fascinating the information is fascinating the only problem is he's like hey man I just you know this drug really works man and I'm like <laughs> Why did you get Cheech and Chong to talk about this? Because now no one's going to take it serious. I don't think it's serious. I think it's all a scam. Those are the same dudes that are like, and I drink bulletproof coffee. And I do, and all these like sort of like. No, according to his book, and who cares? He could be lying. But according to his book, SEAL Team 6, like, it just gives you very. uh, So they based it off of PTSD studies that they did after the Gulf War. Um. They took all these guys who had severe PTSD, mm-hmm. and they took them for, it was six months in Hawaii when they were isolated, and mm-hmm. all they did was surf and have talk therapy. And in six months, they said their PTSD was completely gone. Mm-hmm. So then the next, I think in, uh, uh, after Desert Storm, the next, like, Iraq, or Afghanistan, yeah, after Afghanistan, they brought another group of guys back, and they did yoga and talk therapy, and they knocked it down to two months. And then, and so anyways, they say they keep trying to, what can they do? And they're like, they're basically turning to a pill form now. What can we stimulate in the brain that yoga and talk therapy, which seems horrible. It seems like that's how we all become zombies. But, but the, the idea is that by the time our children are like our age, there will be a drug you can take that will help you on the test that day. will help you uh, just think clearly. And I'm like, that sounds really scary. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> now that we plugged all these other podcasts, a survey on the podcast for this <laughs> um, uh, so our guest today is Sean Braley, and I didn't tell you this, but I actually said this yesterday. Oddly enough, I feel like we're supposed to be really good friends because I feel like you, your name comes up in almost every circle that I talk to, whether it's like the church circle or not. Yeah. Um, mainly because of Bespoken, because okay, my yeah. involvement there. Um, but anyways, every time I'm somewhere, someone's always like, have you heard, uh, you know, Chumber? And I'm like, it always <laughs> comes up. And I will say what I think you're doing and you can tell me how I'm wrong. Yeah. But ahead. from what I understand, um, I know that you're also involved in a church, but you're also the creator, founder of Cincy Stories. Mm. And Cincy Stories goes into neighborhoods, tells stories from that neighborhood, but you also are a part of integrating those stories into the neighborhood. Is that yes, yeah, sort that, of what I've heard? That's um, a better description than a lot of people. Oh, <laughs> um, So I'm really into storytelling. It's mm-hmm. one that I think it's A, a lost art, and B, a glue to our society. Uh, and so I love, I love Bespoken because that's what they do. And I've heard yeah. you do Bespoken, but a step further. Um, so they're like, oh, if you just want a good story... Thing bespoken is good, but if you want story plus integration, since mm-hmm. stories yeah. is that. So yeah. you can tell me how all that's wrong or right. <laughs> I don't know if it goes a step further than bespoke. I don't know. I don't want to say whatever they're trying to do. Ryan Eaton, do. he's the one who's like he bes- put it in that. He, that that's okay. the way I'll let him record. say those things. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I always um, just wanted to be able to make community connections, build community, bring different sorts of folks together and through storytelling. So we started as an event at Motor. Um, and What was that first event? Just It was just called just Got Random Stories. stories? We, just, we had Chris Seelbach and Molly Wellman. I, re- I tweeted at them. Mm-hmm. and they So it really is Seelbach, it's not Seelbach? Yeah, it's Seelbach. Huh. Yeah. At least yeah, that's what I've always heard. He was in Oakley um, the other day. He was back door to door on our street. All I know yeah. is the, the parade. He's got that giant seal. Yeah. That's yeah. like not very well made paper mache. <laughs> no. You're talking about it now, so that's what matters. Dang it, he won! He won! The whole time I was like, I can make a better seal than that. That's what I thought, like, every time. That's that's the strategy right there. Uh, Dang it. That's marketing. I'm Um, so mad right now. Yeah, so we had, I just literally tweeted at them, and I didn't know fully what was going on. We were trying to start the church, and I was like, I want to do something where people that aren't churchy, like, we can come together and still connect in community, and I... Wanted to be able to meet my neighbors without going, hey, I'm a pastor. Right, right, like, right. I don't want to be your friend. Right. Um, so I, that was the impetus for the first event. And uh, because Chris Seelbach and Molly Wellman were there, like people showed up. Mm-hmm. And so then they kept coming back. And, and then uh, my friend uh, Chris, who's one of the co-founders, he's also a documentary filmmaker. And so he was like, what if we started doing like short form documentaries of this so we can reach a larger audience? And so we just started doing that, but with no intention, like we had no like ideology behind it. Just like, okay, we'll just grab a random person we know did like Jeremiah Griswold, a white whale tattoo. And oh yeah. I've heard that dude is rad. Yeah. Uh, we, awesome. a friend of ours gets, gets all his tattoos, right? He went from one tattoo hidden to like 
a thousand tattoos because of that dude, dude man that you have to get like a mortgage uh, yeah. another mortgage yeah. on your house to do that much must be nice being a school teacher joel yeah <laughs> Uh, See, so yeah, we can add, now you can add him. There you, you go. Plug you tag. You can tag we even talk about that too. People, people be insulted today. The running list of tags. That's awesome. <laughs> and you should have everybody at the end, the guests, just say. Something. Well, the thing is, it'll be Joel every week. <laughs> every week we make some crack at Joel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. We're hard to keep on track. So we... <laughs> So we, we wanted to have more of a focus, and so we started taking our event to neighborhoods. And we went to Walnut Hills first. I was living in Walnut Hills at the time, and so was Chris. And uh, when I talked to the Redevelopment Foundation there, they were they showed us this project that they were interested in that New York Magazine had done where they went to one gentrifying block mm. in Brooklyn and talked to everybody on that street and got a story from them. Mm. And it was a written thing. It had a little bit of interactivity. And they were like, you guys could do something like this probably. So we... That's when we went back to the drawing board and dreamt up, like, okay, what if we went to neighborhoods, told 20 stories with interactive mixed media stuff, hosted it online, so you could eventually go to every neighborhood, click on click on Walnut Hills, click on Oakley, click on Price Hill, and then <coughs> be like, oh, that's what this neighborhood is. It's the people that live there. It's not the places or right. whatever problems that neighborhood is perceived to have. Um, and in the midst of that, Walnut Hills was like, well, what if we also gave you a space the grant that we want to be able to give you is a creative placemaking grant which means you need physical location for this mm. and we just have these new developments <clears throat> so if you guys know where video archive is or oh, just yeah. queuing over in Walnut Hills yeah we have a storefront right next to them oh, did you see Kevin Smith when he was there I was so bummed I was so tired that day and I'm like I'm gonna go take a nap for an hour I'm coming back and then that was the time, was the time oh no there. yeah that sucks <laughs> but uh yeah, so we, because I would have brought him in and been like, look at the movies I'm making too. <laughs> and he would have gone, yeah, I don't care. But uh, These are probably more uh, higher developed than Clerks was, because <laughs> yeah. Clerks was like a rented camera, right. and that was it. <laughs> right, and they actually moved the camera. We actually moved the camera around and <laughs> set it somewhere. But uh, um, where was I? Oh, yeah, so they gave us this physical location before any of those spaces were there. And we still have it. We share it with Mortar now, but uh, we turned it into what we called like a story gallery. Uh, what's Mortar? I just saw something on this. They're a they're a nonprofit a startup that is thing, like right? An entrepreneurial startup thing. They're focused on minorities. Oh, but they never mind. I'm mad where I saw it. He's okay. the dude speaking at the uh, it's unpolished, polished or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, eh, never mind. <laughs> Thought it was cool until I saw it on that. I can't they're, support. They're good guys. They're good. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm sure they're getting paid to speak, so who wouldn't? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I go <would> talk. <laughs> I add things. I think. I mean, I couldn't make up. I could not make a polished joke. It just sounds like a blowjob to me every time. That's what I think of. <laughs> oh, have you ever heard Rob's story, Rob Stevens' story? No. I'll polish it. You ever heard the story? Heard All right, anyway, it for a blowjob? Yes. I'll polish that off. Your next Oakley story is yeah. stories, <laughs> euphemisms in Oakley. Now you can add Rob Stevens <laughs> no, on the U track. <laughs> uh, and technically, I mean, you could do at unpolished too for that. <laughs> They're all over the place. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, so we got this. We The concept was basically to create a, a neighborhood living room, but would also have like an art gallery kind of side to it that wouldn't be pretentious, but it would be just TVs where you can watch the stories of your neighbors that we make. Mm. Oh, that's and awesome. A booth, a booth that you can make, that you can go and sit and tell a story in. Very cool. And then in the space, we have cards that are, we call them story starters, just like prompts for stories. Yeah, is that, do you do that with Bespoken? No, we have a totally So did they steal thing. your idea? No, I think that that's an idea that other people are at doing. Ted, at Brad Wise. Yes. Yeah. We, Brad stole our idea. He's, he's a fucking thief. We and do I, like dudes to get trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and we are going to take Bespoken down before the year is out. Awesome. Because they have that same, or I know at one time had that same sort of idea of going uh, to the 52 communities. Because yeah. we're wanting to do one here in Oakley with the four-letter word O-K-L-Y. And okay. Um, it's supposed to happen at some point. So if you can get on that quick, you can take that. Yeah, I can yeah. you steal that right away. Idea. I'm gonna throw that. There. Well, well that's where when we were talking with uh, Brad and Ryan, that's where Ryan's like, "Hey, well, what do you want to do? Do you just want to get together to tell Oakley stories, or do you want to tell these stories and integrate them? Then you should talk to Sean." Mm -hmm. That was his it's good. Yeah, the story you got, you got good, good advocates. We're good friends. The storytelling thing is interesting to me because it's clearly a big deal right now. Like it's yeah. happening everywhere, and it's. I'm sort of fascinated by it because everybody's like, everybody's like, oh, I love storytelling, but 
people are bad at storytelling yeah. a lot of times. They really Absolutely. don't know how to tell their way into to make it interesting and to listen to and those kind of things. Well, it's a it's some sort of I mean I'm sure there's smarter people who've done more research on it, but it's some sort of uh, evolution of. Uh, you know, sort of YouTube to podcast to now live stories mm-hmm. like we want. It's why I actually bought the other day when we were talking uh, with the last guy, um, like, because some people are, like, done with the monologue sermon. And in some ways, especially if we've done it the way that it's gone in the last 50 years, maybe we should be done with yeah. it. But there's a, there's a reason why people go see local bands. And there's a reason why people like live music, even though they can hear anything they want on the yeah. Internet. Uh, if a good storytelling, I think is is just there's something powerful about it that's just draws you in well, i think because i because i and i because i think i would take it a step deeper because i think what i see happening is like this has become a primary way of, of communicating truth to people mm-hmm. but stories become stories are are unchallengeable like if i come and tell you my story you can't tell me that didn't happen to me right if i come tell you some fact thing or some yeah. study i read you can deny it Right. Yeah. If I come to you on sort of a logical, mm-hmm. and I really like it, it's this sort of shift away from modernism into postmodernism where all we really have is stories, right, in postmodernism. Yeah. Modernism would say nonsense. Right. Modernism would say your story doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Modernism would say that there's objective facts and truth, and our goal is to work towards those, that stories are, in a, uh, are a hindrance to that. Mm-hmm. Whereas postmodernism says, no, there is no objectivity, so all we have is stories. Yeah. And then somewhere in the Venn diagram, so if you get 25 people in Walnut Hills to tell a story, Somewhere in the Venn diagram of all those stories is probably where the truth lies. Yeah. Like where all those people, the experience of all those people together. Absolutely. But it also brings a reality to people. Like, that's why I like Bespoken's thing, because I, mean, I think people move away from that, too, because there's other storytelling events where we only get celebrities, Bengals players, or whatever yeah. else, yeah. because that draws people. And, right. And that's great. Those people usually have a pretty, because uh, one of the things Brad said, hey, when you're gathering stories, you got to watch out for the P&G sort of people who... Not that P and G's bad, but like the they've they fabricated their <laughs> the uh, they fabricated a oh hey you know you want a success story you yeah. want my going down coming up yeah. and you know packaged well pretty story that's wrapped in a bow and he's like that's not you know he's like those aren't bad stories but he's like you know a lot of people have that ready he's like you Absolutely. want just everyday kind of stories and I think what happens is you'll see someone and I, I mean. Uh, my friend Natalie, for example, she did uh, a bespoken morning story one day, and I knew her story, but like listening to it as she told it about um, her child who had passed away um, was like a whole just different uh, layer to her, mm-hmm. and it just makes you see people in different ways. So that way, next time you're on Facebook or Instagram and you see something and you you don't like that someone says, there's still a layer there that's deeper than... Yeah. Than what the stories were. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty powerful. We're, like, we're always when we coach our storytellers before the events. I'm always going in saying, "Okay, this isn't a TED talk." Ted, that's that's what he that, said. Not yeah. PNG. He yeah. said, "Yeah, don't make sure people aren't giving TED talks." Yeah, because that's exactly what TED talks are great. Talk, they're fine. Yes. But uh, do you say land the plane? Uh, I do sometimes, but I know that he says that a lot. So I, <laughs> <laughs> what if we could do to separate? We're gonna land the Zephyr, guys. Yes, the Zephyr. <laughs> the hot air balloon needs to come down somewhere. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the, the the TED Talk thing, like people want to be able to come up and they, they want to inspire or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, teach. and stories can be inspiring. Stories can teach. But when you have when you start getting to bullet points in your story, that's not really a story anymore. Yeah. When you're so we, I've gotten better and better at just being bold enough to be like, yeah, you're not telling a story mm. right now. And it's hard because we also are trying to find good storytellers and trying to attract people to the event. So we do try to like mix it with. Some known folks, some yeah. unknown folks. Yeah, well, I and think that's... How many people do you have come and do an event? How many do you do also? Uh, we usually do it every other month at Motor. And then we do in neighborhoods, like in Price Hill, with our story story gallery, we will do events there that are smaller. But the, at the Motor events, we'll hey, probably I have, have like a You're a nonprofit, right? Yeah. I have a venue for you here in Oakley. So when Free. we come to Oakley? Free. Like Red Tree? No, it? no, no. It's better and it has a better. full bar. What is it? It's uh the church house where the Miles Davis movie was sent. That's oh, where yeah. that's where we're gonna do yeah. the bespoken event too. Okay. Um, Sweet. his deal is, I mean, it is awesome inside. It is the coolest. I don't know if you haven't seen I it since see. you walk in full bar. I mean, and it looks like the Miles Davis. It looks like yeah. it's out of the seventies, but beautifully preserved. Yeah. And it is so amazing. And his, I didn't realize this till we went that day. His vision for that place was, any nonprofit can use it for free. Dang. 
So, anyways, as long as you, but he really, I think he also, yeah, I was gonna say, (laughs) we could. Uh, The only thing you'd have to get is chairs. Uh, Oh, probably. There's definitely nursery space. They have a huge basement with a giant full kitchen. He probably would. That's it's not. I don't think it's the best space, but it's Mm -hmm. for that. We're in a weird space. We're in a weird transition right now for our church, and like looking at spaces and okay. And it's interesting. Oakley, yeah, through the rec center, we got growing that. But we haven't outgrown enough to be able to make a serious purchase on a building yet. Right. Um, but it's interesting. So we've got, we were just told that we need to do a better job of like articulating and defining the mission of our church, like as an organization, which makes sense, right? Do you guys have a mission statement? Yeah. But yeah. we don't. And we, we should. And we know that we should, but we've always said. What's your mission statement? For Sanctuary? Yeah. Let's hear it. Sanctuary took, Sanctuary took just North Stars, Go Love Live. Sanctuary is the church that Sean works at. Yeah, over the run. Yeah, okay. And, and uh, then for we have we have a vision statement too. So we oh, what's that? A step further, which was to create a space where everyone can belong. Okay. Um, similar to ours. Everyone. Everyone. There's no people excluded. No. All right. Nice. Well done. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. Everyone. <laughs> well, well, because I've really learned lately that that doesn't really mean everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. To people. Yeah. That's All hard right. to. I mean, yeah. Obviously, in the church, people. Say everyone, and they're like, oh well, you of course not. Those all people. are welcome, <laughs> except, except. Well, so so. We, um, what's the mission and vision statement for uh, Cincy Cincy stories? stories? Uh, we just have uh, to build community through story. Yeah, I think bespoke gives us telling transparent stories, something like that. Well, so they told us to come up with a better to articulate. They did like they don't can, have one. Like you don't have, have a tagline. You don't have to come yeah. to marketing because we're got like naturally just something that you can just what what do you narrow what do you narrow the field down with. Yeah. And I've been playing with this idea of because mission statements became so trite. So we came up with fuck it. Fuck it. That's actually not bad. <laughs> um, but, um, but I'm I, bringing that to the next video. Like, here's one of them, guys. But I, um, one of the process I was trying to think about leading our leadership team through was, was the question I'm asking everybody is what story do you think Legend Community Church is telling? We yeah. have as an organization articulated a way of viewing the world a way of interacting with the world, a way of interacting with ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the story that we're telling and how do the how do the various parts of this organization contribute to that story? And so I'm trying, so I wrote, instead of a one-sentence mission statement, I was writing like paragraph long, like like the back of a the back of a book, right, sort yeah. of summaries of our church. Because that was my problem with the stupid mission statements to begin with was the like, every church is the same. Why, yeah. You know, a place to begin, a place to where we care about Christ, community, and, you know, culture, or whatever. It's all encompassing. I'm like, do these matter? But I like the idea of something, okay, that if I said this, it resonates. Okay, I have to, like, so, for instance, if it was something like, hey, where every person who comes in is valuable, and that way when someone comes in, people are like, well, I don't like that person, or I don't want to go help this person move. No, no, no. Every person's value. We have yeah. to do that. Like that makes yeah. sense yeah. to me. Absolutely. That's why um, I, I was thinking when we came up with that. I was like, okay, what's going to emotionally be a hook for folks? Because you know, we obviously, you know, oh yeah, it's about Jesus. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But uh, and so a lot of churches will just take a mission statement and just be like experiencing Jesus and experiencing community, like you were saying. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't. That has no emotional hook. That has no mean. I mean, it's got a lot of meaning, but just those words, like. That's very broad, very... Well, I think... Like, place to begin and place to belong, place to become. <laughs> I think that's what we've all pushed back on. We've all pushed back on, like, over-marketing. Over yeah. Right. Because marketing feels contrived. Mm-hmm. And it's the taglines that don't... It's not the mission statement that I mean, it's the tagline that doesn't mean right. anything. Right? This is just a way to show yeah. off. Whereas an articulated mission statement says, oh, we don't give right. money to anybody in Over the Rhine because we do ministry in Oakley. Yeah. Right? That's a right. mission. That's a narrowing of our yeah. field. That says, and that's, that's good and well, right? Yeah. That's a, because I just feel like, yeah, I wouldn't drive past and be like, place to begin and place to belong, place to begin. Well, hold on, let me turn around. Yeah. I didn't know. Right, now right, that right. that's not like. That's just so, marketing. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think, yeah, mission statements turned into just marketing, right? Right. So. And we all suck at marketing. Churches are bad at marketing. That's yeah. true. Because it's on our wheelhouse. Unless we should be good at it, they're right? Great. And they're good at it. The big churches that are good at it are all because they've had dudes that came out of the corporate world who are good yeah. at it. Brian's primary training at Crossroads was at Procter & Gamble. Yeah, that's yeah. where he started his career. Parker Gamble does marketing better than everybody. It, it's not surprising at all that Crossroads is so good at what they do. Yeah. That's where that's where their primary in, like my primary training was as a teacher. That's what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where I, that's where I got all, all of my actual job training was teaching, and then seminary, which didn't train me for anything. <laughs> anything. Mm-hmm. Seminary gave me reason. Didn't to even read. get you a pay raise. 
I lost a lot. I lost money. Yeah, yeah, I still yeah. paid for my degree. Oh. Seminary gave me a reason and a and a plan to read lots of good things that I never would have read otherwise. Yeah. So I like I'm actually a believer in seminary. Whenever somebody's like, I hate seminary, I'm like, wow, slow that down. Who the, who the hell are you to say I don't need right. to learn anything? You have to. Yeah. It's like uh, one year I was watching. It was 1990. Oh no, 2000. 2000. Year 2000. We were watching MTV's Hip Hop Week. And it was Missy Misdemeanor, Red Man, and Method Man. And they're sitting there, and they're all like, yeah, I, I finished school. And they're like, I went and got them books on my own and read them all on my own. That's what you can do. I was like, you, you, you did, did not. not. You are lying. lying right now. Like, because school allows you, gives you the place to read the stupid things yeah. you're never going to read or learn the mathematics yeah. problems you're going to read. Like, But I was like, you have to be a very special person to say, you know, screw school, but I'm going to go get everything and do it yeah. on my own. Like. Yeah. You're probably on the spectrum somewhere. Well, you you like, can do them all right now. Like, like iTunes U, like there's so many like Harvard, Yale, Ivy oh, League yeah. education classes available for free right now online. I'm not taking one of them. Yeah. Right. I've tried yeah. some of those. I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to better myself. Course. Well, yeah. I mean, we were hanging <laughs> yeah. with N.T. Wright and he's like, oh, if you've been to N.T. Wright University, you're going to get some of these uh, free lessons. And I'm like, oh, pff, what? sure, that's awesome. Did you have N.T. Wright in here? Uh, no, no, we went to we a fancy Hyde Park house. It was a fancy Hyde Park house. And then with Brugamon, we were at his uh, the oh, yeah, Episcopal House. Church. Uh, but yeah, most of them have been in here. Josh's was in his office. That's why it sounded, it was very oh, yeah. big. Big, big, um, tall, tall. Have you been to their space? A new new city? Yeah. yeah. It's Beautiful. really awesome, nice, man. Yeah. They spent an obscene amount of money to do that nice really? job. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, this is another thing I forgot about uh, the circles colliding. We actually met you a long time ago at a church planning conference. Yeah. Before you started Sanctuary. And I always forget about that. I always mm-hmm. forget that. Like, oh yeah, we met him there. That's just uh, another church planning organization that rejected right. us out, right? <laughs> like, they did, did, like... You know what sucks about that group? Like, yeah. and they were actually way more encouraging than the group we went with before. We went to one that just destroyed our persona, and we had to oh, rebuild geez. ourselves again. Destroyed uh, your persona? They like, just told us how down. much we sucked. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing was how much we sucked. Um, so they weren't you, wrong. You I cried. Like, assessment, you're saying? Yeah. 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 I, like, that literally cried. I broke down that night. Jason's like, Justin's not even talking anymore. I'm going back to teaching him, Justin. It was our wives had to start... Okay, well, they're not... Okay, well, Kristen, what are we going to start doing? Like, they start <laughs> planning what we're doing, because I'm like, I was done. They were so mean. And uh, Stadia, at Stadia, you can at, definitely do that. And then with a big middle finger. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, and their big recommendation at the end was here, buy all, the, yeah, buy all the books that they wrote. Oh, yeah. Um, and build another crossroads. What they said is you yeah. have to be a mega church. Well, that's what they right. said. They said, you guys don't want... You guys aren't... Uh, their their catchphrase was uh, big impact. You're not gonna have big impact. I'm like, thanks, assholes. <laughs> um, they were wrong. No, and the other place they were very they weren't uh, unfriendly at all. But what frustrated me is some of the people we met through them, planted churches, and then being at Red Tree, I you know five years down the road I'd encounter two of these guys in different times. Oh man, how's your church doing? Because they got sponsored by them. Ah, we stopped doing that a year ago. I was like. Well, what what'd you stop for? It's like, oh, I just didn't, you know, they just kind of got tired of it. And I was like, what, did it, did it fail? Did not work? He's like, no, we have 50 or 60 people. I was like, that's awesome. Man, right. you did it. You got it. You're the man. And he's like, ah, it just wasn't what it needed to be. I don't, they're not meeting anymore. We quit. And I'm like, oh, so you gave money to the guys who quit? And I was like, we're still doing it. It's 10 years now. And uh, it pisses me off. Their big lead guy in the city, like, was supposed to take me, supposed to mentor me. And uh, Yeah, but his life kind of broke, too. A little bit. No, he just didn't have time. I think you're thinking about a different dude. This dude just didn't have time to do it. Oh, you're talking about the, the guy with his, his wife got sick and everything? I don't remember that choice. <laughs> huh? Maybe I don't know. Didn't his wife get real sick? I don't know, maybe. But he just like no, I thought he, he just didn't have time to meet with me. Yeah. And, yeah. and to begin with, we were never going to be a church like he was building. Like, right. we were never going to be that yeah. kind of organization. It wasn't a good fit. But I felt like those dudes all walked away from us. Yeah. Which is yeah. our story. I remember uh, going to that because I was on staff there actually and I oh that's right I forgot that I was the young adults pastor oh did his life like kind of fall apart not really I mean his, oh, yeah, okay. she, <laughs> I guess I'm his, giving him more credit than, than, <laughs> so uh, you and Jonathan Hatfield right and yeah. Little Basil yeah and you were you that was their teacher something like yeah. that at college hill. yeah those are good kids there's a dude named Little Basil Will Basil Will. Oh, <laughs> I was like we call him Little Basil Little Basil is such a sweet name <laughs> are you, do you still talk to him he's still yeah. super involved like over the Rhine and he works downtown yeah I hoped you know when you're like planting a church yeah and you're like these are the friends that are going to come with me and then like will, none of those friends come with you will will totally be one of the dudes you want around that's what i thought and then he was like 
Nah, nah. I mean, he's super supportive. Like yeah, he's yeah, giving me he, money and stuff, but he, he's not. Yeah, physically. Not yeah. I want to see what happens if you image search little Basil. <laughs> Are you doing little or little? Oh, I should do little because either way, I'm just getting lots of food options. Yeah. <laughs> little Basil. This is really captivating radio right now. <laughs> <laughs> you get to see what I'm googling. It's still just food. I think I can do that. I think I actually can drop an image on top oh. of the. Interesting. The, in the in the podcast, so if you're on your phone, the, the image would pop up. So okay. you didn't jive with them? Oh no, I, I like them a lot. I I mean, I can see some differences too. They they would be probably lean toward like what Stadia was like. Yeah. Especially yeah. Uh, Rivers Crossing, but the the organization as a whole seemed like pretty open to being like. Open, what were they called open. again? Uh, it was called uh, Building Healthy Churches, and now they renamed it to Excel leadership network no. or something I'm done I'm flat that's done bro, with anything that's a that leadership in it right yeah. now I hate it what? Um, that's a, I, I like the original Growing Healthy Church sounds way better than extreme well, I think the, it was like a big they had to break from like Growing Healthy Churches was a bigger organization they were part uh, of it gotcha. and then that organization was like well we want to not plant churches anymore we want to rebuild the the churches that are hurting mm. that's our focus oh, that's and then cool they were, then they were like well yeah that's cool but we want to do we want to be about planting churches so they had to separate oh. i think it was like a mutual like cool they were cool with the, they because they at least they at least had the the grace to say that they're like hey we think you guys are going to be really good pastors we think you're doing a good job we don't think you fit with our model yeah Which and, is true. and we think they... you can probably learn by taking these steps to learn yeah um which was at least respectful. Like, it yeah. wasn't... Is The other group was just like, no. Because in the end, fair enough, we just wanted money. That's all I mean, we that's wanted. That's the only reason we yeah. Now we're actually looking at, like, Ecclesia, and we're actually looking really? at networks because I really see the value in these relationships or in having a network of people who are doing something similar to us. But then, we didn't want a network. We just wanted money. You know, you just money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's... Which is advice we got from Massey. Like, go get any money you can. Yeah. Like, if they ask if you're Baptist, yep. If yep. they ask if you're Lutheran, yep. yep. Whatever it is, yep. Lie They're not it. checking up on you. That's what he said. <laughs> he didn't give us any money either. He didn't. <laughs> hey, you got to get a smile. That's that's about we, it. It's true. We didn't ask. I've always kept them as a hit. Like, that's my, he's that's one of my fallbacks. If things absolutely fell apart, we were going to be bankrupt. I'm like, man, yeah. I need 10 grand. Yeah. And I think he'd help out. I think he'd find a way to help us out. Maybe yeah, not that much, but for sure. So that's why I've like kept that until I absolutely need it. <laughs> Holding on to that card. I should say, Crossroads told us to come ask if we ever needed anything. I'm really? Saying, I will. We did. We I'll we parked a trailer there. They gave us the uh, it was Saturday night or Saturday morning. I sent an email, and we were going to start the next Sunday for the first time ever. And I sent an email to Brian Tone, like, "Hey, I forgot that we should probably have some like Bible or something. Can I have some?" And he's like, "Oh, there'll be a giant box waiting for you in the morning." And then we park our trailer there. and Yeah, they've been... Wasn't there, there one... I, I feel like the time that I met you guys the first time, because we all were in that, like, some conference room or something, maybe at the Logger House or something. Oh, I don't yeah. remember where we were exactly, but then I remember uh, you were telling a story about your trailer being across the street. It got stolen. stolen yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah it got stolen. Did you ever, we got yeah, it back. We, Did you hear that? Got it back. No, I never knew. Came. I just oh. figured, you know, so five or six what happened is it got it. stolen... <laughs> You know, and it gave us a couple opportunities to be like, look, we don't need stuff to be a church. Burr, burr, burr. You got it, you know, and you're like, oh, thank uh, That's not what I thought. No. I never thought that was. So we cleared the insurance on all the stuff that was used. We got, we're still good in our insurance. We're, we're still, still in the black. We're still in the black. As an organization. So, and then right after the insurance cleared, I get a phone call at Red Tree. And it's like, uh, yeah, I was just I'm looking for Justin Dunn. I was like, oh, this is him. They're like, uh, we need to know the information on your trailer. I was like, oh, you found the trailer? And they're like, well, what's it doing here? I'm like, no, where is it at? And they're like, well, we need you to come get it. I'm like, I don't know. Where is it at? And they're like, so someone had drove in. They guessed for drugs. So they imagine because in the Crossroads parking lot, that was probably registered to a church. And yeah. that church is, is going to be least likely to get pulled over. And it was unmarked. It has no more. Now it's graffiti. But at the time, it was unmarked. And so they're like, they could run drugs up 75 and then just, and so they abandoned the trailer in a state park about an hour north of Columbus. Okay. Um, and so what happened was the trailer was abandoned, and the, the I mean for the state troopers, man, this was or the, the park, park rangers, rangers, this was like the most eventful thing that's ever happened. <laughs> and so they were like, well, we saw it was registered for a church, and just figured it was you guys setting up for a revival or something. And then like a couple of days went by, and then the back opened. They're like the back was open. And someone had rifled through it. So what we imagine happened is there was three 
gangs of rifling. The first took all the sound equipment. It was like, I imagine like a teenage band because it was all shitty sound equipment. Yeah. Took sound equipment. And then someone went and took all of our like children's craft supplies. And I was like, then some like homeschool moms yeah. came in <laughs> and ravaged it. Uh, you know, and then, but so by the end, all the stuff and all the bins were pulled out everywhere. That's when they're, that's when we finally started getting suspicious. <laughs> and finally. they called. And so we went and picked it up and uh, we got all brand new equipment. Because even though all of our equipment was used, it was still insured. And so yeah. it ended up being a, a bonus. If anybody wants to steal our trailer, like yeah. it actually would be financially beneficial for us. <laughs> we, especially as we start looking at a more permanent building, snatch a trailer. <laughs> I'd rather have the insurance cash. Yeah. We should right. sell it back and get another food truck. <laughs> we did a, have a food, yeah, food truck. We had a we food, had truck, a food truck, truck. We were at, uh, what's the, what was the name of that church? River's Edge. Right, um, we're in Loveland. It's okay, in Loveland. River so Hills River Hills, yeah. River Hill, yeah. So Will, I knew Will Mullins. Okay. The guy who's, I guess he was there. I don't know if he's still there anymore. Anyways, we went, and so we went, and instead of back. Like you served food out of the food truck? No, 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 no I no. wish we did. It was okay. before food trucks were as cool as, if we had it now, we probably would yeah. do something like that. But back then, food trucks weren't trendy. <laughs> um, no, I would not. <laughs> and uh, so we were there. And we're, You know, our spiel was, hey, we're not asking for money, but we're just asking for stuff. Here's a list of stuff we need. And he gave us a whole bunch of, like, children's, like, because I was like, I've worked in enough churches to know that you have a basement somewhere of crap that you don't use right. anymore. So we were taking everyone's crap. And then we, I walked across, and there's this giant blue box truck. And I was like, and we'll take that. Can we have that? And he's like, yeah, you don't want that. I was like, are you getting rid of it? He's like, yeah, you don't want it. I was like, yeah, we really want it. We need a way to transport all of our stuff. And he's like, all right, you can have it. And so... That thing had literally a family of squirrels living in it. It was like well, a see, death trap every Sunday because there was this giant ramp that went at like a 30-degree angle. Well, you couldn't accelerate. If you tried to accelerate out of first gear, it would stall on the highway. Okay. And so you had to like get up to enough speed that you could start it in third gear. Gotcha. So you'd start it in first gear and drive it downhill and let it get up. Then it would stall when, you shift, when it shifted. And then you let it go for another ten miles an hour. Then you, you kick start. it on. It would start in third gear. And I found a sh- I found one shop that worked on these big delivery trucks, mm-hmm. and it was up in like Sharonville. And so I drove this thing on the highway all the way up there. The doors the door kept sliding open, and I dropped it off. And the guy called me. He's like, "You got squirrels living in your intake manifold?" I was like, "What?" He goes, "That's why that's why it stalls out when it shifts Squirrel. gears because you're not under compression." And I was like, "Okay, can you fix that?" He goes. Yeah, it's a lot of money for this piece of crap trucks. Like I know, I hit my neighbor's house with it, pulling it into my. Oh, I forgot about that because yeah, um, we parked it in your parked in my driveway for yeah, from. I'm sure your neighbors year. love that. But that neighbor doesn't care about anything. But yeah, it's it was a death trap every week. I was like, Jesus, not this week. Just don't want somebody to die. <laughs> yeah. This so week. then we ended up getting the trailer for free and all the stuff. Yeah. And and all the bins and everything for free, but it still had the logo of the old church on it. So we traded the truck. For a new paint job on the trailer. Okay, <laughs> That's and, that, a, and that guy just like disarmed the bartering it. church here. Yeah. yeah, the guy just used it as a paint booth on his like farm in Indiana. Yeah, but turns out like I'd been paying the registration on the blue on the delivery truck the entire time I had the trailer, not the and then putting the sticker on, on the, the trailer. trailer. And then when so when the trailer got stolen, it's not registered to anybody in the state of Ohio anywhere. The registration's been paid on this thing in six years, and so the police think I'm lying. Oh, My insurance company this. doesn't know what to do with me, and I show up, and the police are like, "What are you now? I'm a pastor to church. Come again? <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> like fine." And so it was a giant headache, like dealing with the insurance company and the police department at the same time. Like furthered my intense hatred of bureaucracies. Like yeah. this is not where I'm supposed to be at. So that's a mission statement. No red tape. No red that's tape. <laughs> Always part. Well, our real mission statement that we are actually a tagline that we use forever is legend. You might as well find out now. Because <laughs> like sometimes we're like, ah, oh, should we have said that or done that? We're like, well, people might as well. Like we're, we're yeah, worried we're about new people. Anyway. We're always worried about new people. Like, oh, should we have done that? And we're like, you know, they might as well find. They're out. They're gonna figure it out. They're gonna figure it out. Or my the one I whenever asked somebody asked about the church. Well, it's kind of church. Lets a guy like me preach at it. And then they're like, oh. You know, you know enough that you know yeah. now. So now you're, you're like, like well, no, I'm either going or not going. Right. <laughs> um, hey, here's a question. How come you don't just do Cincy Stories full time and not do church stuff? Uh, do you not see it as like a ministry or a... Do I not see Cincy Stories yeah. as a ministry? Not at all. I mean, I, I see it in terms of my, my being as like right. everyday life as a ministry, like empowering people to share their stories of the fact that they're made in the image of God and important. Yeah. And that's, it's a ministry in that way, but it's not ministry related in any way, shape or form. Uh, so you don't have any, like, I guess the 
you don't have any like Christian overtones that you're not hoping filter through this. Not at all. No, actually, is that what makes it a, against that? Is that is that what makes it a? I mean, I still see it as a ministry. I don't know. You have to have Christian overtones to be in ministry. Like, it still seems like that. Right, right. I mean, it's doing. I know that good. sounds cheesy, but I really think like it's more than just oh, you know, hey, I work, you know, a PG, I'm making a ministry every day. Like, but I feel like oh right. man, this is something that's empowering and powerful, and people experience things, and maybe they don't know what they're experiencing, but they're still experiencing. Yeah, there's just a. That's a, it, there's this fine line where like some people have told me like, oh yeah, I love that you do Cincy stories. It's a great sneak attack on people. Oh, and yeah, they, like yeah. when it's people ministry in the terms of evangelistic, right. yeah, yeah. like I'm trying to convert them. That yeah. is not, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Well, I, hope, I don't define ministry as trying to convert right. people. But most people, <laughs> right. maybe even people that are listening to Oh, right. But that makes sense. Uh, okay. I get, the, oh, I, I get what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think it's, yeah, no, I don't see that. People always say that with the conversation. Do oh, this is a great way to just get. And I'm like, yeah, we're not. Or I could just make this. a kick-ass cup of coffee. Yeah. Then, well, I think. Or I could just be who I am. Yeah. We I all grew up in there where sneaky Christian was a big deal. Yeah. Where sneaky Christian was a goal. Like right. you were trying to be subtly Christian. Yeah. Does that sure say Reese's? Uh, no, it's Jesus. <laughs> oh man, I well, get it now. I that but it, it really yeah. comes down to this idea that we think we could trick people into to yeah. being Christians. I was thinking the other day, this how this is a sweet yeah. rap song. Who is this? Genuine? No, it's you know JC Wine or whatever. <laughs> is that a guy? My the my co-founder with Sensi Stories uh, is an atheist, so yeah. like we have these conversations all the time. And he's he has been like there was one point when we started Sensi Stories, it was kind of like okay, do we let it be like a ministry of sanctuary? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were like, no, yes, yeah. that's, that's a bait and switch that yeah. makes people feel like yeah. we're trying to trick yeah. them into coming to church. And so I just let it be what it is, and yeah. I, but I still want to do ministry. I feel called to do ministry or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that, do this, and they can still relationally kind of Well, they, they both work skill set-wise, right? Yeah, like the, absolutely. That's a nice overlap on that word. That's, that's sort of what you look at at Starfire, right? Like yeah. Starfire's not a ministry. You're doing... Yeah, I start working at Starfire. And... Yeah, I, I've been I hanging guess. out with Dustin Nimmo. Ah, it. man, see? Worlds collide, man. <laughs> Worlds collide. Since I like church circles are really small. Yeah. Especially once you start to isolate yourself, from other ones, it becomes really small. Yeah, um, yeah, I love Dustin. He, uh, I'm trying to get him to be on our podcast, but he told me that because I was actually was like, no, I'm yeah, like, dude, we're not going to ask anything you don't want us to ask you. <laughs> he has this idea that we're like just trying to like, yeah, what can we say to get people to say stuff weird? But <laughs> I That's just, so I always just say whatever is in my brain. And so, there was like one time I think where someone felt like. Oh, should I be saying this? Eh, I think there was one entire podcast where <laughs> I can think of two entire podcasts we've done where the people were like, you could see that they were way more guarded in their words than mm. we are because they're worried about people in their circle and what they're going to hear and think and yeah. those kind of things. And it's it's a weird thing to me. Like it's the so the church I worked at as a youth pastor, we were at my pastor's. We were at the pastor's house at the time, and he had this amazing fish, like this amazing um, aquarium. I would never have an aquarium because it's so much damn work, but I appreciate it. Like, this is a well-built aquarium. It's a functional piece of art. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, like, custom-built. I mean, that makes sense knowing his personality. <laughs> it was a hidden cabinet. You could open it. What? And there was a liquor cabinet behind it. And he was, I, was I like, never knew that. Yeah, so, so he had this huge liquor cabinet. And he's like, I was like, oh, why Why do you hide the liquor? He's like, well, you know, he's like, there's enough people at our church that would be really uncomfortable with me drinking that I feel like I have to hide. And I was like, you're a grown yeah. man. And it's another one of those things where another person who would like lambast us about leadership and leadership in the church, their leadership relied on lying to their people. Yeah. Like, cause my thing is, if you just said, oh, hey, I think drinking's fine, but if my denomination, my movement, my organization doesn't, then I'm willing to sacrifice that because I believe in this sort of thing. What a laudable sort of example you've set, yeah. right? I self-denied because I'm, I believe I'm in this. I'm not going to drink. I'm, not, I'm just not going to drink. But this sort of like, this idea of like, oh, well, you know, I'm helping the weaker brother not to stumble. No, you're not. You're lying to We're the not congregation. It's more just like a fear of the people that you're with and you're so afraid of them that they're going to judge you. Or your friends or right. like, well, yeah, like a lot public, of those people's friends or people's person, parents and they're persona. like, and I'm like, well, you must not be very good friends with these people, or you must not be very... Well, he would he would have said that. He would say, you can't be friends with your people. Yeah, you, you can't, can't be, be friends, friends with, with the congregation. The, which, yeah. which I'm like, I guess in that case, you just always move up to the best-paying job, because right. who gives a well, crap about people, out. right? He burned out. Right. That, that's yeah. just a burden to the ground, right? Yeah. It's not a ministry anymore. Yeah, I don't... I, de- I guess I don't get I mean, I, I get it, because I used to do that. I mean, I never drank or anything, but I didn't when I, when I was like that. But I would hide, like, okay, well, I gotta hide that. 
but rated R movies. Your, your alcoholism. Yeah, no, I didn't drink then. <laughs> I got in trouble because my MySpace page had lots of pictures of me drinking, either yeah. by myself or with my band or whatever. And they were like, "Well, what if the kids see you drinking?" They're like, they're gonna know I'm 27 years old and they're right. 15. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to do things that they're not longer allowed to do. Oh, I think my I was a youth pastor. It was 2002, maybe. And I had never drank anything, but friends of mine from college, we all went up to Richmond. Nate Carter was a bar uh, mm. uh, tender, and we had beer, and I drank and like threw up everywhere because I'd never <laughs> drank anywhere yeah. ever. And That's I remember so funny, coming back. You handle your alcohol so well. <laughs> I remember coming back and feeling so guilty, and now I laugh at like that. I'm like, oh well, it's yeah. just Friday night. Right. Every Friday night now. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really drink until I was like 22 or 23 right well and coming out of like yeah, from a Baptist tradition yeah. that's probably yeah, was, like you have to overcome a lot of guilt around that I had, fir- I had to first go like okay I'm cool with my friends drinking around me yeah and then oh but I'll hang out you know I'm not going to be the one that drinks and then I came to the decision that it wasn't a sin yeah but I was like I'm still but not for me it's just not something I want to do and then I like remember the first time I drank a full beer was a Bud Light around a fire with friends and I was just like nursing it the whole time like like not really enjoying it and just trying really hard. And yeah. Then, uh, and then I, I think it was uh, what was the, f- I had a Sam Adams Oktoberfest because this was like fall. So like second beer was like a week later at a fire again. And I had Oktoberfest. And I'm like, this is really good. Oh yeah, like, see, mine was yes. way different. It was high life for a long time, and I was like, Ugh. Bud Light uh, and then but like lime became my saving grace because I loved it. <laughs> And then eventually I was, I know, whatever, whatever. Now it doesn't matter. Although I used to tell my, youth kid, I used to tell my youth group kids that didn't want to drink and they went to college for whatever reason. I said, you know, the best thing you can do if you want to be out is pick up an empty beer bottle, because mm-hmm. people who are drinking are going to key in real fact to the fact that you're not, because they yeah. either want to join you in their good time, which is laudable, that's good, right? Yeah. Or they're ashamed of what they're doing and they need to drag you down with them. Whatever it is, absolutely. If you have an empty beer bottle in your hand, they'll leave they you alone. Yeah. They won't bother you. But although I think it's a good marriage therapy too. <laughs> I didn't know my wife is a good marriage. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) For my wife did not grow up in the church like I did, and we got married, and she never voices to me. But when we came here and kind of gave up a lot of that stuff that we carried forever, uh, and started drinking, she was like, "Oh, this! I always wanted to and need this. I just knew that you didn't." I was like, "I didn't know that," and just you know, it takes the edge off, especially. for her personality, she just needs something to take the edge yeah. off. Cause she's well, that's, on Kim and I have a standing date night on Wednesday nights, like an mm-hmm. at-home date night, because it's just hopefully a chance to reconnect in the middle of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And um, But it almost always involves us having at least a beer together because what we're trying to do is have some sort of like emotional connection and intimacy in like a basically an hour, 15-minute window. And there's only an hour. There's no time to really relax. We just got funny. There's no opportunity for us to really like... Cool. We've just put the put the kids to bed. We've just run around. Alcohol is just a way to relax because yeah. we're both way too tightly wound. Yeah. And it, it works. And it works really well for us. We don't drink too yeah, much. Yeah, it helped us too. Just Although last night, man, I had for the first time I had that um, the Braxton Graders Blue. Oh, is it good? Yeah. It's it really good, but it's That's boozy. That's my favorite ice cream. It's, it's like 7.5%. I didn't realize it was going to be so strong. It tastes just like the ice cream, and it mouth feels like the ice cream. It's like huh. having the like sort of thick. silky... It's the aftertaste. It feels like you did. It's the sugar, the yeah. silky sugar left over afterwards. I was like, this man, that's really effective. Because they're, I didn't love the black raspberry chip yeah. one they did last year. But it's a stout, right? Brown ale. Oh, brown ale. With the, last like year's it. was a stout. Because I don't like stouts. That's why I didn't like the raspberry chip. Would you guys uh, smoke the reefer? I wouldn't feel it was legal. It's a big deal for my wife that because it's illegal, she's, yeah. she's like, it's not worth getting arrested over. So. Yeah. I wouldn't just because of that. Um, I would lose so much damn weight if I just... <laughs> I certainly lose weight for Oh, hell yeah. Well, that's what I said. I thought when you'd eat more... So, I think I definitely wouldn't be opposed to trying it. My thing is, everyone I know who smokes a ton of weed, or not a ton, just who smokes weed recreationally, whatever, they do it because they need to turn off their brains, to relax, mm. uh, all these, like, to, like, just shut down for a second. All these things that I have no problems <laughs> doing like yeah. so i'm always like would it even because you wouldn't like the taste like it would like it's like drinking beer or whiskey i like because i do i like acid or something even if you're not yeah yeah, yeah. i want to do shrooms i'm always <laughs> waiting for someone just to have shrooms and be like and to be isolated where i don't have to do anything that day and be like all right let's do it because 
That sounds fun. But yeah. weed sounds like, well, I don't need to relax. I don't need to shut yeah, my brain down. that makes sense. Well, Not that I wouldn't. It makes everything, but, I mean, I don't do it now, but when I do just so you guys know. <laughs> but it makes everything feel better. That's the right. thing. Yeah. Like, I had a, so we were in Colorado two years ago. I was doing a wedding. Hold on, mushrooms or weed? Weed. What about ecstasy? I, I, I never had any of that stuff. Ecstasy, no. acid, mushrooms. Those all, because I like experiences, I want to I'm think really that intrigued I'm, by the experience. I want to think that I'm like, Fighting through the hot gates of Mordor or something like that. I so, want to be in a different world. That's my my problem. <laughs> that's with, what I want. I don't want reality. Halluc- my problem with the hallucinogens is that I feel like I'm always just barely holding it together, <laughs> and I'm paranoid as all get out. Like I'm I'm worried some. Like I'm not a mentally well balanced person. Yeah. And everything I've heard from those people, you're keeping it together. You don't need to be taking things that pull those things apart. Like you need to keep yeah. that stuff balanced. Yeah. So, I want, yeah. So that's what I want. I want quick story list. for you guys that I. I I'll say it on the podcast, I guess. I wasn't I wasn't planning on saying this on the podcast. <laughs> no, my wife and I on our honeymoon we we drove west, so we stopped in Colorado. Yeah. So I smoked a lot in my early twenties and always liked it. I just like stopped because I was like, I shouldn't do this anymore. And it's illegal and it's just yeah. Something and I got super lazy and I just every time I smoked I wanted to eat Taco Bell and watch South Park. That's all I wanted to do. So <laughs> Sounds I, uh, great. Right? But that's why I'm like lose weight. <laughs> right, right, right. But uh when we were in Colorado, um, I convinced her to go to, I'm like, let's at least just check out a dispensary. Sure, sure. I mean, let's, when was this? This was last summer. Oh, gotcha. And uh, so, or 2016. Um, so we went into one and then we were like, oh, they have like candy and stuff. Like we could just get like these little cookies and cream. Yeah. Like packets. And so we did that and we just went back to our Airbnb and we took some and just hung out that night and, you know, did married stuff. Yeah. After eating the candy, oh, she's if she listens to this, she'll be embarrassed that I'm telling mm-hmm. the story, and hope that her dad doesn't hear it. Embarrassed <laughs> stuff? You mean just like sitting around watching Netflix? Yeah. 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 That's what so, silently seething. Fifteen years later, it's just <laughs> sitting around watching Netflix. We could do something, or we're really into Shameless. Watch that. <laughs> uh, but then we had two left over after that, and we just like went on the trip. We didn't do anything with it, and then so when we got home and like we were unpacking everything. I put those in the fridge just because they were, like, going to melt or whatever. So I just, like, threw them in my fridge. And then one day, I had just a shitty day. And I, uh, I'm, I dropped out of college, so I didn't, I haven't, I don't have a degree or anything. So I started going to this little Bible college in Madisonville, New Life Temple yeah, over there, yeah, if you know Yeah, yeah, I don't Because I've heard of it. It's, like, very, very small. I mean, it's a African-American church. You have to like, pay for it? Church. It's a college? It's, like, a hundred bucks uh, not, for not a semester accredited. or whatever. It is accredited. It is accredited. Yeah, it's, like, well, Same I assume it was every time I drove by. Yeah, it just got accredited when I started going there. That's why I was like, oh, I'll go there and just finish up the degree that I never finished. Uh, but I, so it's like noon, and those classes are on 6, 6.30 Thursdays. It's like noon, and I get home, and I'm like, I have nothing to do for the next six hours. I'm just going to take a nap, pop one of these in, take a nap. So yeah. there's no intention of doing anything else. It's just like taking like a melatonin or something. Right? And so I pop it in, take a nap, and I wake up, and I'm like, I didn't. Like everything just felt normal. I'm like, whatever. It just didn't work. Yeah. So I like walking down to my car, getting ready to go to class, and then all of a sudden, like once I turned my car on, I just like, oh shit. <laughs> I just started like feeling the heaviness of it. Yeah. And then I was like, I really want a McDouble right now. <laughs> so I went through McDonald's and got two McDoubles. Yeah. Driving, I, got I, lived in, I lived in East Walnut Hills at the time, so I'm driving down Madison Road with my McDoubles, and I uh, I'm driving toward Madisonville, and then I'm like, man, I'm still hungry. I want to get a milkshake. So mm. like, then I go through Gold Star over on Red Bank, and I oh, get a Gold milkshake. Gold Star milkshakes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know these things when you're, when you're high. Gold Star. You just like, it's like a Spidey sense. Gold Star has milkshakes. <laughs> and then I was leaving, and I was drinking the milkshake, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to rallies, too. I'm just going to get it's so, like, three wow. drive juice on the way, and I'm, That's like, awesome. I'm like 20 minutes late Literally for class. Late. <laughs> and I walk in, and I'm like, I'm high, and so I'm like, get, get my notebook out, and I'm just like nobody talk to me please nobody talk to me and then the, my friend who's sitting next to me he looks over and he's like hey what's are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm just really tired i'm just really tired and then just made sure for the entire class like we're talking about like the life of christ or whatever <laughs> i'm just like take copious just, just notes. notes just notes and when i went back, read those notes i went back and read them there were so many secret messages in there. Like, what? what? Oh, no. I was <laughs> like, I had the biggest insight ever since these stories was born. <laughs> no, it was a lot of scribbling, actually, when I went back and read it. I mean, it was me thinking I was writing words. Right, so just, just lines. Like, so, uh, That's hilarious. That was our, when we went to Colorado. So I didn't get hungry, 
But I'm like, Kim, we're in a consequential environment. Leave it here. Yeah. We had a beautiful night in Boulder. I'm gonna eat a. I'm gonna eat a piece of chocolate. Mm-hmm. So we bought a chocolate bar, and the chocolate melted. And I'm convinced to this day that all the THC oil ran into that one piece of chocolate mm-hmm. that I ate. And I okay. actually ate two. And I was like, oh, I feel fine. Okay, that's. Hey, it's like somebody put a blanket on me. I was like, yeah. it's a little weird. I'm. I. I'm pretty adept at handling my chemical imbalances, yeah. so I can drive. So I start driving, and all of a sudden, it was like like I took two shots to the head, and I was like, "Oh, Kim!" I and she just looks at me, and goes, "You're the worst." And so we get to our hotel, and for twelve hours, I'm just going <laughs> like I have the worst cotton mouth, and I can't lift my arm. I'm like Kim, I can't lift my arms. And she's like, "You're, you're the worst human being I met." Um, so it's funny you talk about these leftover. Earlier this year, I got shingles. Yeah, and I was traveling at the time, and I was like, "What do I do?" And the doctor I was wondering why you grabbed this pill bottle. The, doc- like, oh, the doctor gave me this. these pills, and he's like, "Look, this will help with the pain from the shingles." Okay, but like because shingles is like a deep nerve problem, we can't just give you like aspirin, right? This is going to mess you up. He's okay. like, "This is going to be worse than being drunk. Like you will be loopy." You're like, he's like, "So only take these like take when you get on the plane for your overnight flight, so you can sleep through that." Crush them up, snort them. <laughs> and I was like, and I took one, and I was like, "Ooh." And Let's was, take them right now. Well, then I was like, I'm, <laughs> not, what, I'm, not, I'm not wasting these when, I'm, when I don't feel good. And so I never took Wait another one. Wait till you drink some beers, man. I never took another one, so I've got like, I've got a three-week supply of... Dude, well, how come I didn't know this? We should take some beers one time. Yeah, just... Gabba, gabapentin is what it's called. It's funny. We're Neur- ta- neurotin, neurotin. We were talking about this the other day how like... Are you the... wondering right now because the way you're using words? Yeah, yeah I'm just trying wrong. to say what this is. Nah, I was talking about this the other day. The older I've gotten, the less I care about things at all to that i'm like yeah why wouldn't it be fun to drink too much and take some pills like that sounds super fun i would have never done that when i was 20 like i'm like i'm so opposite We're the right opposite, now. right all, all i would have never done that when i was 25 because that was an irresponsible like, but now i'm like yeah my kids are gonna you didn't do it and now you're like ah uh, no i think i well no maybe alcohol probably started that way um but i think now i just I'm more confident of who I am and what life's all about, and so I know things matter and don't matter, and I'm really open to that idea. Like, eh, it doesn't really matter. And my kids can fend for themselves if I die. <laughs> That's like the thing. Oh man, if something happened to us right now, they're all gonna be they're okay. All, they're fine. <laughs> they're old enough now to do that. Yeah, I. It Anyways, to, it goes I to some really wouldn't do that. It, it just goes to the idea that we've been lied to about so many things for so yeah. long. The, the first time you smoke weed, you're like, oh, I'm just tired and hungry. Right. This didn't do anything. I didn't like make it's not a bad, madness. I didn't make a bad decision when I did this. I didn't. It's my thing with drinking. I've never once done anything I regretted when I drank too much, other than drink too much. Well, the I've next done a day, things I regretted. The next day, I might have, I might feel bad because I'm sick or whatever. But mm-hmm. I've never said anything hurtful to somebody. I've never cheated on my wife. I've never committed a crime. I've never done any of those things. And so I'm like, oh, the worst case scenario here is that I just don't feel great the next day. Yeah. Calm down. Right? Same thing should, happens when you eat too much, too many hamburgers. Or yeah, yeah. And so, so should I be getting drunk all the time? No. But if I like being drunk is not this moral failing. Like it's, it might be a sign that I'm stressed out. It yeah. might be a sign of other things. But I just, I'm just so. And, and the South Park episode's great where they try to they lied all the kids about not doing drugs and the, the yeah. fine with the dad's like you're just gonna get dumb and lazy. Like you just get dumber <laughs> the more weed you smoke and the more they, this becomes a habit. And you just don't do anything. And the kids like, well, just tell us that. Right. Which is the, the best, it's the best anti-drug message I've ever seen, you know, coming from South Park. Yeah. Um, yeah, my friend, our friend is a doctor. He would say there's obviously, he would say from a medical standpoint, there are negative effects in your body from marijuana. Like just, it, it does get burned, so it's not great. But he said uh, they have only found positive effects on your body from mushrooms. Really? He's like, it generally really does give people a happier, a happier disposition. <laughs> Um, like he's like, there's nothing medically bad that happens to your body because he's he doesn't like to he doesn't he thinks anytime you put any smoke any kind of smoke yeah. in your body it's he's like it's you're not you're, you're taxing horrible. your body. It's he's like it's yeah. horrible for your body your lungs and everything yeah. else. But he's like, I don't think that about mushrooms. But he doesn't do them. <laughs> I'm always you got some. <laughs> you got some. But like, don't you have to eat mushrooms that are grown out of like manure? Isn't that how? Isn't that I think? I, know, I think thing? the joke is a come lot on. Of you guys are supposed to know you're worldly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. My thing is, I get away. My thing with drugs for me is, I get away with murder. My wife lets me do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it. Yeah. Last night, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna drop the kids off music lessons and go have a couple beers with my friend over at a brewery. Is that cool? Yep. Hey, Kim, I'm gonna stay out late tonight and didn't drink too much, watch the Bengals game. Is that cool? Yep. Doesn't care. Yeah. She's been like, I did. She has an emotional response, whatever drug. She said, I just don't like it. Why would I fight that? Right. Why would I fight that for weed? Right. The, the weed doesn't get me any. Now, if somebody said, I want to try 
mushrooms or ecstasy or acid where I might get a totally different experience. Ah, okay, maybe now it's worth fighting for. <laughs> yeah. But right now it's just not for me. Right. But because I didn't get the munchies the one time I did this, I think that I would not consume the twelve to fifteen hundred calories a day of beer that I consume, <laughs> <laughs> and then I would lose weight. That's my theory. Yeah. Okay. That's why. Because I, I wouldn't use any substance or alcohol or anything. Because I like so my wife she needs to she's gonna go be social she's like she needs to have her drink or something because it's yeah. just she helps loosen her up a little bit dream social anxiety I was like I don't think I need something for anything because I'm willing to be everything I was like so I just want to use it to like think that I'm Superman okay. I used alas to be, those are dangerous I used to try like I used to be a big believer like the nightcap like I yeah. should have a, just a glass and it's terrible for you. Like in terms of like getting, if you drink a, if you drink a glass of whiskey before you go to bed, isn't nightcap like secret words for sex? Let's go have a nightcap. No, it's drinks. I know that's what it is, but isn't it just me? It's not like Netflix go? and chill or whatever. It's not Netflix like, and it's chill. It's not like polish. <laughs> polish. And the conversation comes back around. I've <laughs> never heard this either. Um, all right. Well, hey, thanks for being on our podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we talk about whatever. <laughs> we it's would crazy. we want to come tell drug stories. Drug stories. Uh, and sex uh, stories. Uh, here's how you can know if you listen to our podcast whether we were super engaged or not. If it comes back to me asking a question about like, oh, so what do you think of small group ministries? <laughs> like that, <laughs> it means that we run out of things to say, and I need to talk about church things. Right. Uh, but otherwise, we're just talking. Um, hey, thanks for tuning in to Bastard Passers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, man. You motherfuckers need Jesus. Uh, and you-